the Mindful Biz Podcast. I'm Alison Morgan, business coach at Relauncher. Joining us in this podcast episode is Libby Bebe. Libby is a well-known fitness expert who was the trainer for Channel 10's Biggest Loser, founder of Buff Girls Fitness, and is currently revolutionizing the snack industry with her collagen snack bar brands, Chief and Beauty Food. She also has a baby, is a health guru via social media, and runs wellness retreats for fellow entrepreneurs. Is there anything this woman can't do? In this episode, we talk about Libby's businesses, how she juggles everything, and five lessons for success in 2020. Hi, Libby. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Hello, I'm well, thanks, Alison. I'm good. How are you today? I'm so well. We've got so much to catch up on. Oh my gosh, it's been far too long between uh, run-ins. Exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. I, I used to see you all the time, and now I, I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, so lots to catch up on. Well, you know what? Also, you've had a baby. I'm like chained to my desk most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a work baby. I, I oh. think, to be honest, my baby did uh, remove me from most social circles. So <laughs> that mm. would make sense. That's normal. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, you're one of these people. You have got so much going on. I don't know how you operate in a 24-hour cycle. So... Oh. <laughs> well... Yeah, yes, although, you know, I have I have simplified a little bit this year because I sold uh, one of my gyms at Goja. So I sold that because I was like, okay, this child is going to have to be take the place of one of my businesses, not be an add-on. Yeah. So, yeah, so I have simplified a little bit, which is great. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so before we get into all the businesses, how about you yes. give the listeners a snapshot of who you are? <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness, a snapshot. So I guess I'm a, a, a Bondi Beach personal trainer to simplify it, um, but I am also a very passionate businesswoman. So I've, um, I guess, launched a, a series of businesses during my career, um, a couple of fitness businesses, both at Goja and Buff Girls, uh, which we're about to rebrand to become The Upbeat, which I'm super excited about because it's turned into a completely music-driven, dance-inspired fitness business. So it's very, very different to how we started. It's been in operation 10 years now, so time for a rebrand. Um, and then I also uh, am the co-founder of Chief Bar and Beauty Food, which are two, um, I guess, really, really healthy, protein-based, we call it extremely natural, extreme naturalness, um, snack bars, so really good for you bars. And uh, I also run uh, well, and part of the Nurture Group, which um, again, I've got a, a number of other founders there, but we've created uh, so far three and they'll grow over time. Um, amazing business meets wellness retreats for 200 plus people in um, Fiji each year. So we run those three across kind of October, November um, every year, which is great. Wow. Year three this year. I was going to come last year and I was just about to book and then it was clashing with something else that I had coming that, had, that oh. I had going on. So I was like, oh, my gosh, 2020 is going to have to be the year. It's going to have to be the year. It was amazing in 2019. I must admit yeah. we had um, Julie Bishop and Lane Beachley and, oh, it was just, uh, it was an absolutely like Greta Van Riel. It was just one of those just so many really inspiring, incredible people. So, yeah, it's it's definitely worthwhile for, for business owners to, to get along to it. Just great networking. Yeah. Look, you would have found over the years, as I have, that hasn't, you know, business building and marketing changed since first starting? 
Yeah, you know what? It's changed a lot, um, yeah. particularly in my industries. Um, you know, the health food industry has just become a beast and the fitness industry is totally different to when I started. Like I've been in this industry more than a decade now and um, when I start, I mean, sporting sports kids used to be the uncool kids. Like we weren't the cool, fly, good clothes wearing like chicks that were on Instagram posing. Like we used to be the sporty kids that were there for our team and music wearing our dad's pants to training because we didn't want to ruin our best clothes. Like, you know, now it's this fashionable, glam, multi million dollar. Like I walk into other studios and I'm like, this would have cost twenty million dollars to set up. How is yeah. anyone ever going to make their money back? Like, I often think the same. It's yeah, yeah. It's it's. Really really different to how it once was so yeah and marketing and goodness although I will say that um you know as much as certainly the digital experience has changed so much about it um a lot of it realistically if you're not getting out there and pounding the pavement and meeting people and telling them about your product and putting a face to a brand you're still not getting it anywhere anywhere near as fast as you could. So yeah. that part hasn't changed as much. So I think that that's become even more prevalent now I, because I think we've gone through an era where like digital was everything and everyone was behind screens and social media and social media was actually working really well to grow businesses. But now with the algorithm changes, it's just getting harder and harder. It's like going back to grassroots Completely. and just getting out there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. I think it's um I've definitely seen that and to be honest it's a relief. Yeah. <laughs> like, I agree. Like, yeah. You know, I I really I, like this is going to sound funny but there was a patch there where I was really like trying hard to be something that I wasn't because I was like I have to be this social media bloody fitness person and just to you know to sell my products but in actual fact now it's kind of swung where people just want to get to know you as a person again and you have to get and I prefer that because now I don't have to pose for Instagram I can just (laughs) actually put some things on there that are interesting um you know do the odd promotional post about my my business and then just be with my people and it's really gone back for me to a to a service profession which is what I I've always loved about the industry that I'm in is like you come from a place of service you're helping people you're educating them you're giving them an energy boost whatever it is like it's you're making their life better from from actually being there touching them influencing them touching them that sounds wrong but you know what I mean influencing them in person yeah and it's um, it's different yeah Mm, now Buff I I think nearly everyone in Sydney knows what you know Buff Girls is but for those people outside of Sydney can you just explain what that concept was and how you're evolving it yeah, definitely. Uh, look, Buff Girls began um, after my own personal health crisis. Uh, you know, I was coming back from a patch of having extremely high malignant um, blood pressure issues. And I'd kind of gone through my own health journey and done a lot of study and decided that I, I wanted to move into the health space and, and share a lot of what I'd, I'd learned and also just get back to my roots because I was a sporty kid and I missed it like nothing else. So I, I coming back from that, I, I just couldn't find anything that was fun. Like I wasn't into running 20 kilometers and I wasn't into, you know, being really hardcore in the gym with my weights. I just, I actually wanted to, to be in a community that was, you know, having a good time, supporting each other. And I also wanted to bring the science of sport into my training. You know, it's not just lifting, it's not just running, it's actually a mix of everything that makes your body fit and strong. So I, um, I started Buff Girls, which was literally just a boot camp on Bondi Beach. And, you know, we put a big red flag up, you know, more terrible ugly, old, outdated sports clothes and welcomed everyone to come down. And I guess from the start, I'm a, I'm a big storyteller. So I, uh, I really, 
I, I, every session was themed, you know, we'd come up with a, would be the, you know, the cocktail glass workout or the, you know, the, the Wonder Woman workout. I've always been a bit corny, but it was, I guess we attracted a tribe of women who were just fun and down to earth. They didn't take themselves too seriously. And that was where we began. Um, but, you know, I have a dance and a choreography background and I, I have an entertainment background and a journalistic background as well. I was a journo before I was in this industry. So I eventually wanted to, to get into that space. I started doing, um, you know, some live kind of beat-based, music-based dance tours with the Hit Network, which is a big radio station. I went on and did The Biggest Loser um, as a trainer, um, which was great. And just over time, my kind of entertainment and journalistic side rolled into it. And now we have a studio in Bondi, which is, um, it's slowly in time moved towards being 100% music-driven, dance-inspired. Um, it doesn't mean every session's a dance, but it means that if we're doing strength training, we're doing, we're heavy beats, but we're, we're moving on the beat. And we've looked at the science behind the tempos you need to move at to create time and attention and build good quality muscle to do a Pilates-style high rep experience where you're, you're kind of building muscle tone. And then also the beats per minute that you need to work at to get a really good cardio outcome. So it's all very sciencey. Again, I've used my kind of sporty sciencey background, but it is also really, really, really fun. And it just came to the time where I was like, you know, this business isn't Buff Girls isn't reflecting what this is anymore because people purchase fitness so differently now. Like yeah. they go by class pass by mind body and they don't know that Buff stands for beautiful, unstoppable, and fearless, and it's our little community that started on the beach. And you know, they just go, "What's that? Does Buff mean big muscles?" Or you know, and it's mm. the opposite of that. So, um, so yeah, it's time for a rebrand and, and nurture her this year. A lot of the big marketing people said, you know, if it's all beat based, if it's all music driven, tell that story with the name. So yeah, we're going to be the upbeat, which is nerve wracking to let the Buff brand go, but also really exciting because this has been such a creative. Re resurgence for me I guess um and a creative project and I've yeah I, I'm really loving it having a good time um and that's exciting yeah, it's time to shake it up so when does that all transition it'll be in March sometime uh sometime in March probably by mid-March I'd say yeah. it'll be flipped over so yeah all the branding's there it's super excited we finally have an icon we always wanted an icon like the Nike tick and I just yeah. never create one with buff I was like I can't <laughs> figure it out you know, so I'm I'm excited. Yeah, it'll be good. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. <laughs> well, that is that's an exciting start to the year for you then. Yes, it's really exciting. And you know, it's one of those things I think, um, as with in any career, I think is when you start, you feel like you have to be this like, you know, super professional at everything. And and right now I'm just I had a kid and I realized life's too short mm. and life is too amazing and such a gift to just to do, be doing stuff I, I you know that that's not who I inherently am. So I feel like this is the year, like, you know, the studio is so authentic to me and my energy and passion and, and love for, for feeling upbeat as well. So yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly a very cool uh, 2020. I'm, I'm yeah, confident. absolutely. So what was it like being on The Biggest Loser? Well, look, it was a bit different for me. I was on the series that was The Biggest Loser Transformed. So it wasn't the traditional um, you know, slinging through the mud and and, and talking down to, to overweight people kind of series. It was very, um, it was very holistic. We had a, a really cool weight psychologist. We had a lot of nutrition behind the scenes. We worked with them for double the amount of time. The people weren't morbidly obese. They were just regular people who were anywhere from, you know, 15 to 
60 kilos overweight. So it was a little bit of a different series. Um, and, and I kind of like to preface with that because I wasn't the trainer that had to stand there and screaming at them and, you know, saying all sorts of things. Like mm. I actually got to work with them as I would anyone that comes in and says, I don't feel confident or I'm feeling really depressed or I just, I'm not where I want to be and help. And so it was actually really, really great. I, I, um, you know, we created incredible change in these people, whereas usually on a Biggest Loser series where you're, you're, um, you know, working with people at an extreme level and, you know, maybe 20% will end up keeping the weight off. For our series, everyone's kept the weight off. They're looking great. A lot of them are now PTs and nutrition coaches and um, they're doing really well. So, look, it was intense in terms of... Um, the heritage of the brand it was hard to to get the message through that you know this is different and it's holistic and we're doing good work here um but in actual fact it was different and holistic and we did great work and I'm really proud of it and I'm really proud of all the contestants I worked with so it was it was amazing you know and it was an eye-opener you know we went on that series and these people um, didn't, most of them didn't even know there was sugar in soft drinks. So it was an eye opener too to get outside of the Bondi bubble and go, aha, let's go back to step one. Um, mm. And that was, that was a really good thing. It made me a better trainer and, a, and yeah, it made me think outside my own box as well. So yeah. that was, yeah, it was good. How did you go being in front of the camera? Oh, look, I... Natural? Um, like, was it, uh, look, was it like, easy then, for you? Funnily enough, I think I'd probably find it – I think I would have done better at that series after I had a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Why do so you say that? Say. It's so weird to say, but before I had Izzy, I don't know, it was like it, I still was a little bit in my own head. Um, you know, when I'd be in front of the camera, I'd still be thinking, oh, you know, and, and uh, I hope I look okay. You know, all that weird stuff that you just – when you're a mum, you just let go of. I just mm. like – now I just – I don't know. I speak a bit slower. I, I when someone puts a camera in front of me now for a media project, there's just I'm all calm, no nerve, because I I guess I've dealt with one of the most intense experiences in life, having a kid, and actually I, I don't know as well with a, with a child. You have to. You, it's not. It doesn't matter how much they're, what mood they're in, what temper they're in. You have to really control your own energy and and understand it's not about you. It's about them or their emotion or their feeling or how they've experienced something. And it makes you look at things in a real different way. And I just think I would have loved to have done the Biggest Loser again after having Izzy. You know, I, I just am such a calmer human. Yeah. So, and, you know, I, I know agree, but like. do you know, for me, I'm like, I reckon age as well. Like, and I age. My 40s. And probably having, yes, that too. Yeah. I think age and also having done it once, you mm. know, um, having done it once is like the second round is always a lot more relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. But no, I lo- look, I loved it. I loved it. The hardest thing was probably, um, you know, that sometimes, you know, producers will, want an outcome from a certain participant and doesn't matter what, what vibe they're in, you know, it might be my, my job to kind of get something deep and meaningful out of them, but they walk into the gym in a really happy, upbeat, just want to smash this training session mood and then I've oh, got to figure right. out how to, to get them to the point where they'll open up. And that is that was difficult. That was difficult. How did you juggle your businesses in amongst this? Look, to be honest... <laughs> To be honest, I did delegate, but they were in yeah. no way in a very healthy state when I came. <laughs> I had, I mean, some of them were like I had a really, um, I had a really incredible manager at Agoja who did, who was just great. Yeah. Um, I feel like 
I did, like I, I was a lesson. Um, I went straight from Biggest Loser. I came back in briefly and then I had Izzy. So I was yeah. kind of not fully in my businesses for a good couple of years there. And to be honest, the financial impact was pretty huge. Yeah. Um, because I, it was just it was just too long. And I and I hadn't done it before. I did have great people in place, but no one is the same as you being there with all of your passion and all of your drive and all of your vision and um, and just all of the time you have for your own business, which you can't expect anyone else to have, yeah. to be honest. Um, Did you so find that stressful? Sorry, I yes. didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> yes. Did no, you no, find, I did. Yeah. yeah, it would be. I did. Um, it, was, it was stressful because, not because of what was, not because it was tough, but because um, previously, like I'm a person with a huge amount of physical and mental energy. I've always had that, you know. I mean, I have a daughter who's for 16 months has been up four to six times a night. So, you know, I, and I still get up at 4.30 and I have a huge amount of energy for what I do and I, and I never complain about it. Um, but without being up, so, so if there is an issue in a business, I've always just thrown myself physically and mentally at it and I've turned it around quickly. And, um, you know, I had a C-section for Izzy. She was a really bad reflux baby. She was up, uh, you know, all night long being sick, you know, because she had so much, such bad reflux. Um, it was, I couldn't, I just couldn't, you know, mm. I couldn't be there. And so that was, that was very tough for me. And look, it was, it was part of the reason that, you know, I came back in and things were, um, on very much on track, but I also had that fabulous manager that I had in Agoja then have a baby as well. And it was just a tough time to be honest. Um, oh, I know he's, and it was, he's amazing. Oh, so amazing. <laughs> he's so great. And, but, but yeah. he's had a bubba too. And yeah. you know, it's like, uh, so he was struggling for sleep and I was struggling for oh sleep. And it was just a tough time. Yeah. So, you know, in the end, uh, I had to, when I was coming back in, I had to look at, look, what do I really want to focus on? Because I've got a lot of balls in the air. You know, I've got my media side that I was still doing. I've got, you know, my one business. I've got another business, both in the fitness space. And I've got my food businesses. And um, I, I really had to look at it and say, what's my priority at spending time with this beautiful little human I've waited 10 years to bring into the world. Um, or, you know, I throw in and save every business I've got. So I, I just decided, nope, I'm letting go of one. Um, Agoja, which was my athletic performance gym was the one because I just had someone fabulous there ready and wanting to buy it. And it just worked. So, um, I sold that and just still a tough decision though. Oh, very tough. I think like yeah. it's like a baby. I mean, I'd had it for seven and a half years. Mm. I'd loved it. It had been a big part of um, in my career. I had an amazing community there that I knew I wouldn't want, no, no, wouldn't be able to transition to, to Buff Girls because it's a very different concept. Yeah, you is. know, it's trained like an athlete first, you know, a really fun, um, a really fun dance-based fitness concept. So I kind of had to, to let that go. But you know what? I didn't feel bad about it. I felt really good about it because I'd mm. had such a good time always with that business. And it had just been an awesome, an awesome business, an awesome team, an awesome community. But I knew that if I held on to it, it would go downhill. And I yeah. didn't want to see it do that. So I don't, I never had that moment of like, oh, I really miss it because I knew that I wouldn't have been able to do as good a job as we'd done with it in the past. So yeah. it was good to sell. And the person who's got it now, John, who bought it, is doing a great job. And I am loving just being able to focus on, you know, buff girls, becoming the upbeat. Um, and pouring myself creatively into that. And then also, you know, 
building up Chief and Beauty Food, which is just becoming, I'm becoming, I mean, I'm so passionate about nutrition, always have been since my health issues. So to be able to give more time to those businesses um, and to, you know, and to also have time for something just really fun and networky like the Nurture Group has just, it's it's been a pleasure as opposed to having two big service businesses with two big teams of, you know, people that might fall sick one night and then someone needs to cover 5am classes. You know, it's yeah. it's just good to have one of those <laughs> and then be able to work on the rest on the side. So yeah. um, it's nothing that I could re- possibly regret. Like I just had the best few years. And I think that's the lesson in business. You know, when you first start out, everything feels like it's, it's this personal, you know, thing that you have to commit to forever. And then as you get more mature as a business person, you know, I've had 10 years of running my own businesses and I started a business in my teens as well. As you get more mature as a business person, you realize, you know what, like it's, it's just part of my life, but it doesn't have to be the forever thing. And, and you get better at going, okay, that was great, but that's not right for now. Let's move it, sell it, move on. What's the next project? It's, you know, it becomes project-based, but um, yeah, it, it's, yeah it's, it's nothing I regret, but it was a big decision, you're right. Absolutely. Now, the wellness retreats in Fiji, let's talk about that because so many yeah. people, like the people that are listening here are business owners and they love to connect, yeah. in, you know, and meet new people and learn new skills. Yeah. So tell us about these retreats. Have you got one coming up? You do have one, one coming up this year, don't you? Yes. So we've actually got three this year. We've got oh. one that's more for the New Zealand market, so don't worry about that one, but the two that are for um, the Australian, well, the, the two that are the Australian audience, inverted you know, in commas, are actually, um, but we get people from the UK, from the US, from everywhere, from New Zealand, but they're mostly designed around an Australian audience. So um, those are Nurture Her Retreat and Nurture 360. So Nurture Her is all female. Nurture 360 is a mixed event. Um, they are amazing. It, you know, every year I come, around, I come away just learning so many business lessons, personal lessons, um, and, and just having connected with people who are a level up or about 50 levels up from me which is always really inspiring you know um because uh, you just I don't know you don't know what you don't know and I and I just come away with so many more tools but just also really pumped for the year and also just hearing a lot of lessons from people who've learned harsh lessons in business which makes you feel better as well (laughs) (laughs) are they both you know Fiji Yes, they're five-day retreats in Fiji and they're a mix of, um, they are hard-hitting business as well as wellness. So we kind of, we wake up, we have beautiful wellness options, healthy brekkie, and then we go into keynotes for the first part of the day and then we come out to lunch and we have, uh, you know, downtime or recreational time or reflection time in the afternoons and we all come together for evening events too. So, um, and then the speakers are a mix of business, you know, personal and um health and wellness so yeah but it's it's been uh, I mean they've been a, an absolute just gem to add to the to the business um, and how are you finding time to organize these well this is one that I have a, a we have a big team for so yeah. we're not a big team but we have so we're not the main owners in that one we've got um we've got it pretty evenly spread between uh, myself and Jas, but also Zach and Sip De Silva who um, are based in New Zealand and Zach was business, international business coach of the year many times over and is a legend. Um, so they've got a little team in New Zealand who do a lot of the core operations and sales. Um, and then we also have um, Hayley who is is in New Zealand as well and she's very much a travel expert. Um, and on the other side, we've got uh, another Aussie couple of our um, other partners, which is Tammy and Paul Ruse. So Paul Ruse, you might know as AFL legendary player and um, an AFL coach. 
So he's uh, one of our co-owners in that as well and his wife, Tammy, who's an absolute meditation guru and corporate meditation guru. So we've kind of got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of us in the pie for that one. So we bring a lot of different things. And and my um, main role, aside from, you know, finding incredible Australian speakers and promoting in the Australian market is, uh, you know, I MC those events and I'm I'm very much front of house and... um, and up there kind of running things, doing Q&As with our experts, et cetera, on, on site. So, yeah. Fabulous. So if so people want to find out about those retreats, where do they go? Yes. So they can, um, I mean, they can go to uh, on Instagram even at Nurture Her Retreat, at Nurture360, 360 Retreat, um, or they can go to nurtureher.com nurture360.com um, to have a little bit of a look or just Google it. We just Google these days, Nurture360. Yeah, or just our Siri. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Siri or just go to my Instagram at Libby Babette and you'll see all the links. <laughs> all oh, my God. Okay. Um, now I'm going to ask you one more question because we could yes, talk forever. Yes. But we could, couldn't we? What would be, what would you say are five lessons that would help business owners achieve some sort of success in 2020? Oh, okay. Let's try and make this nice and quick for you. Um, one is one that I learned from Lane Beachley at this year's note to her retreat, actually. So she was one of our speakers this year and she said, be very specific and careful about the words you put after the words I am, because whatever you put after I am, you are owning that. So if you wake up and you look in the mirror and you say, I am tired, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, getting old, whatever it might be, you're basically, take, you're owning that. You're owning that for the day. It's not to say you can't subconsciously go, oh, I'm tired, but you immediately have to go, you know what, I'm flipping that. I'm excited or energized for today because. And I that has changed so much for me because like I said, I have a daughter who still doesn't sleep. I often wake up tired, but that's not the state that I want to continue throughout the day. So I learned from her to immediately flip it and go, no, you know what, I it may be, 30 but I am energized to be up and ready to teach today because I have you know 20 women coming into my class and you know if I can shift the energy today that is going to make my morning or you know uh, yeah. yes Izzy was up all night but I am so grateful to have her in my life she has taught me so much and I don't mind getting up to her in fact I love it because this time with her is special and you know no one else is up in the night and I love that connection so she taught me to just be very careful of those words after I am and that's a big one because in business we can say, I am overwhelmed, I am busy, I am tired, I am financially pressed, I'm exhausted. Those things might be true, but you don't want to own those as your state, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I feel I like it. whatever, yeah, it's just so simple, so simple, but so easy to go, nope, flip it. Um, so Lane's is, uh, she'll often say um, daily, I am fit, I am happy, I am healthy, I am strong. And I, I just love that, you know, it's like, this is it's not not being all full of yourself it's going this is the state that I want to own Mm -hmm. and I often say too when people are looking for you know often I think nutrition plays a huge part in our energetic state and our health and I think often just ask just saying to yourself as you're looking at and whatever you're about to try and eat going I am healthy so what am I going to choose and choosing from that perspective um you know or you wake up in the morning you want to snooze your alarm before you go to the gym I am fit I am strong that just that those little things just make you you know what yeah effort I'm out of bed or yes no okay I am a healthy person so I don't that means I'm going to choose the salad and I'll you know it's Mm. it's one of those things that goes flows into many areas that's so, powerful. you know, even that's great. E, yeah, it's so good. And even with Izzy, you know, I'll often say to myself, nope, I am bigger, I am stronger, 
and wiser and I'm kind just to remind myself not to yell at her when she's <laughs> having a tiny on the floor. <laughs> it just helps so much. So that was a big one I learned from Lane and I was really, really grateful for that. Um, I also think my lesson over the past few years, um, one of my big ones actually just being quite vulnerable about it was to, I guess, just just to stop trying to be what I think I should be and just actually be myself and be an authentic, yeah. be authentic to what I really want to do and what I believe. Because if you constantly spend your time as a business owner just worrying about what everyone wants, instead, you know, I mean, like, or what everyone wants you to be, I should say, um, then you stop coming from a, you come from very, um, I don't know, a very almost, I don't want to say the word egotistical, but it is a little bit like what, who you think you should be, who you, what you think your product should stand for instead of actually know what is the everyday concern? How can I come from a place of service, be authentic and want to help that person or, you know, elevate that person's health or whatever it might be. So, you know, coming from that place of service, but getting your, yeah, just, just not trying to be someone or make your business something that, it, that you think it needs to be and just actually being authentic with it. I think mm. that's a big lesson yeah. for me so and a good important. reminder. So important. And also, um, this is an age-old reminder, but you know, in business, we always say, and then we forget to do it, is just not taking business personally, you know, being able, because I've had so many big hits in the past few years, you know, things that haven't gone well, um, you know, financial disasters in many ways, just little, little bits and pieces that I've had to go, you know what, that's happened. I'm actually going to accept that, but then I'm just going to flick it and decide how to move forward. Getting back into that solution-oriented headspace because I think if you are constantly living, constantly living in or thinking about and making decisions from what's happened in the past, and the past can be as close as yesterday, then you don't actually stay in a solution-oriented mindset and, yeah. and just go, you know what, that's happened. I accept that. Take, take full responsibility for it, but now I'm going to move forward. <laughs> and I guess maybe one of my last things, and I heard this on a, on a podcast recently too from um, – super hardcore ex-Navy SEAL guy called Jocko Willink, I think his name is, um, who was saying that it's, it's, you know, it's easy in business with the teams in particular to, to not really take extreme ownership over everything, but it's actually also really helpful if you do take extreme ownership. So, for example, let's think about an example. Um, one of your staff does something that has a, a big impact on your, a big negative impact on your business and, yeah, it could be their, their fault if you want to say that. But actually, if you go, you know what, that is that we, we've kind of failed as a team here. And, and as a leader, I take responsibility for that because I didn't communicate X, Y, Z to you in the way that I should have. And that's led to this decision from you, which has had this outcome. So taking extreme ownership, which just takes the, the heat out of, you know, anything that people might be worried about or anxious about or that kind of stuff, I think, is a really helpful lesson that um, I've, I've always actually loved doing, but I think it was a good reminder as I was coming back into full-time business this year to go, just remember, Libby, take, take extreme ownership of things. Um, you know, anything that goes wrong in your business ultimately is to do with you at some level, whether it's on a communication level or yeah. whatever it might be. And and that's something that, um, you know, I found hard to do when I was off having Izzy and filming and those kind of things, but it's been a, it's been a good thing to remind myself of. Yeah. So those lessons are definitely from a wise businesswoman. You can tell that you've been around the block a few times. Oh, thank you. <laughs> a few times now. <laughs> All right, Libby, where can everyone find you? Uh, so, look, you can find me either at my website, which is just libbybabette.com, which is 
Libby, L-I-B-B-Y-B-A-B-E-T, um, on Instagram under the same handle at Libby Babette and links to all of my various little businesses are, are there. So yeah, we could do that. And if you want some fun little nutrition tips, I've just brought back a series on YouTube and you can find that as well on my Instagram called Sneaky Nutrition, which is nutrition for busy people, whether they be business people or mothers. So that's a good little fun series to follow. I love it. Libby, it's been so great speaking to you again. Thank you so much.